Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more, all covered now on Life Planning 101. And a very pleasant good Monday morning, everyone. Welcome into Life Planning 101 right here on KATX KWBY. Terry Slavens with you, and we have Angela Kennedy Robinson joining us via telephone this morning. Good morning, Angela. Good Monday morning, fall in Texas. Are we loving it? We, <laughs> it's nice. Absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to bring a light topic to the table just because we have all this nice weather. People can maybe handle it. Probate. <laughs> real light. Yeah, 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 real light. Real light. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's one of those things, um, you know, beyond grief when someone passes away, you know, it's really hard because then they have to figure out, oh, my gosh, I've got all this responsibility of dealing with my loved one's estate. And that can be an undertaking that is time-consuming, cumbersome, stressful, and emotional. Absolutely. And so what we're going to talk about today is what is probate exactly? Who would be uh, the person that would have to go through probate if they passed away? And then how could you avoid it altogether? Because that is possible. It just takes a little planning. Sure. You know, I always tell people a lot of times, they, and, you know, we do, we have a legacy planning process that we go through with our clients, hope they go through it. You know, some choose not to, but one of the things that we're really focusing on is we, we call it pre-probate. We say, wouldn't it be better to go ahead and just get everything done now while everybody is emotionally stable, healthy, you know, there's no grief, there's no sense of overwhelming, no stress. And, you know, hey, if it takes us a year to get this done, that's okay. We can just take it one step at a time. But isn't that a lot better than someone having all that fall upon them during their worst hour? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to get you there. But I want to back up. And I want to tell you about a lawyer that was reading out a will of a rich man the people mentioned in the will and you've seen this you know in tv they sit there and read the will well this is that case he says to you my loving wife rose who stood by me in rough times as well as good i leave her the house in two million dollars the lawyer continued to say to my daughter jessica who looked after me in sickness and kept the business going i leave her the yacht in the business in a million dollars and then the Lord concluded, and to my cousin Dan, who hated me, argued with me, and thought I would never mention him in my will, well, you are wrong. Hi, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I couldn't fast that one up. It has nothing to do with probate, really, but, uh, you know, I thought we needed a little humor first thing on a Monday morning to, to kick us off. But in reality, you know, a lot of people look at that, those numbers, million dollars in yachts and businesses, and they're like, well, that's not me. So this doesn't apply to me. Er, wrong. I wish I had a buzzer to press because that it could be the furthest thing from the truth. And I want to tell you about a probate case. Now, this is a real case out in California. 
that took place. And this was literally in probate from 1925 to 2005. I'll repeat that. It started in 1925, and it was in probate until 2005. Wow. That's not crazy. 80 years. Yeah, it's nuts, okay? It was a house. It wasn't a million dollars, a yacht, a business, a, a trust fund, or anything else. It was a house. An old wood frame house that was owned by a Mexican vaquero that had moved over here to San uh, Juan, and his name was Jose Rio. Huh. How about that? That's crazy. Yeah. Now, by the end of it, the house was estimated at about a million dollars in 2005, but we all know what property values are like in California, right? Yes. So, you know, that might be equivalent to a $100,000 home here in Texas. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, you know, people think it won't apply to me. I don't have much. I don't have a lot. Well, here's just a house. This is a house. And so I want to tell you a little bit about the story because it's really interesting. So the gentleman, he died, okay? Now, his wife was not the mother of his children. So he died, and when he died, his wife was the rightful owner. Well, now she died without a will. So guess who comes to the table? All family members. Right. <laughs> and they began squabbling in 1925. Now, here's the interesting thing about this house. So family members moved in and out of this house with little fanfare, and even though there was no legal heir determined, they kept moving in and out of the house like it was no big deal, paid the property taxes, whoever lived there. Uh, there was a few squabbles along the way, um, but this kept happening. Now, in 2005, the roof is sagging, the siding is peeling, and this is still in probate. And we're thinking, why is this the case? Well, many of the heirs actually thought that it had been soaked. And the most recent commotion to it was in 1997, when one of the heirs discovered that this estate was still unsettled. So after all being said and done, 1997 to 2005, eight years later, attorney fees of $150,000, a million-dollar home was sold with a sagging roof, peeling sides, everything, capital gains taxed at twenty-five grand, leaving about $600,000 left. Wow. Isn't that awful? Yeah. So why does this happen? What happens? And it's really due to, you know, I always ask people, what kind of legacy do you want to leave? What do you want to be remembered by? Do you want to be remembered by the messes that you leave people? Or do you want to be remembered by how you made things better for that next generation? I kind of think we most of all, most of all of us would choose the latter, unless, of course, it's Dan in the story earlier. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we want to leave things better for the next generation. So why is it that the one thing that we never gave, give attention to is our own estate? And I think a lot of people don't want to confront it because they don't want to think about death. They don't want to think about that time. And, and, you know, and some people do it because of spirituality or their faith or, you know, whatever else. But I think, you know, you have to think of it this way. There's only two things that are inevitable. Taxes and death. Sure. Right? So if you know it's inevitable, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? Isn't your family worth the time to spend a little bit of planning to avoid something like that 
That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. So when we come back on Life Planning 101, we're going to talk about what probate is. I want to actually walk you through the process so you can understand what your executor or administrator would be faced with. And then we're going to move on to, of course, how can you avoid it altogether? Right here on Life Planning 101. You're not going to want to miss it when we come back. And we're back. Segment two, Life Planning 101, right here on KATX KWBY. Angela? Yes. What is probate and how can you avoid it, more importantly? You know, we talked in the first segment about the fact that you don't have to be wealthy to need to do estate planning. And it goes to prove it with a probate case that lasted 80 years over a house that probably at the time wasn't worth much at all. But here's the deal is, I mean, if you own something, we mentioned this in the break, Terry, if you own something, you need to be doing estate planning. You need to at least know what would happen or what are the ramifications. And here's why. I'm going to walk you through what probate is and what I want you to be thinking about as we go through this. Is I want you to be thinking about who you have named or who you would name as the executor or administrator of your estate. And I want you to think about their emotional state when they're going through this. Are they grieving? I want you to think about all of the family members, the family dynamics that they're going to have to deal with. And I want you to think about what they've got going on in their own life at the same time. So the first thing that you need to know about probate is that it's public. It's filed in a city or a county in which the deceased resides. Okay, so if you live in Eastland, it would be filed in Eastland. And after that case is opened by a judge, that's when the administrators or executors list of duties starts to happen. So they first have to notify heirs, creditors, and by the way, heirs and legacies are two different things. People don't even know what these words are. Heirs are really any relatives that could receive an inheritance. A legati is someone that's actually named in the will, okay? Okay. Um, but they have to notify the heirs. They have to notify the creditors. And they often have to post something in a local publication, like a newspaper. It's very, very public. And this allows interested parties, what this process does is allows anybody to make a claim on the estate that they want to make a claim. And this is where you get into... You know, uh, how many kids did Michael Jackson have that nobody knew? Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Everybody comes out of the woodwork. And this is why. Right here. This part. And then after that, it's where the real work begins. So that's not much work. You hear me say that. Okay? True. So now the executor or the appointed administrator by the court is required to create an inventory of the estate. That inventory includes all of what's owned, the values of those, or getting valuations, yes, titling, how those assets are titled, figuring that out, especially if they're real assets, real estate, that gets very difficult, um, or could be difficult, depending on what county you're in, probate, and non-probate assets. They have to do all of that. That's a big choice. Okay, so again, go back and think about where that person is mentally, emotionally, physically. What is their own life requesting of them? That's a lot. Now, 
Let's talk about payments to creditors and debtors. Sounds easy enough, right? Pay right. a bill, pay it off. But that might not be easily known. And it could require significant amounts of research to discover everything that's owed by the estate. And then also, to talk that off, we haven't even talked about Uncle Sam, have we? No. No. So there's going to be tax returns that need to be filed. Most likely there's an income tax return of the, the person that passed. Um, but then also there's probably an, an estate tax return. And a lot of people say, well, I don't need to file an estate tax return if I didn't have much money. Uh, wrong answer. That is not true. If you want your heirs to be able to receive that step two in any kind of basis for assets and not pay capital gains, you probably need to file that tax return. That's important. So if there is a state tax though, let's move to that level. This could hang up the process for months or even years in addition. Because guess who gets paid first? Do you think it's the creditors or debtors or Uncle Sam? Uncle Sam. Yes, sir. And I have seen it. I've seen real estate owned estate. People cash poor, real estate rich, that farmers, ranchers, real estate owners, and they can't pay Uncle Sam, much less pay their creditors and debtors. So guess what they have to do? Liquidate. Liquidate. And I've seen it during bad times, recessionary times. This isn't a fun process. And this is something that you're asking your administrator or executor to go through. That's a lot right there, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay, so we haven't got to the, the people to get money, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I guess we have. Creditors, debtors, yeah. family. But not okay, the family do. members. Not the family members, right? Okay, so then, and only then, can the beneficiaries that are named in that will, legatees, okay, and or heirs, be paid. Get this. A lot of people put bequests in their will. Most people will have them. They say, I want $100 to go over here or $1,000 to go over here or 100000 here or whatever. Those usually have to be fulfilled before the big chunks that you think are going to get paid out. But what if all those taxes, debtors, creditors ate up the big chunks and there's nothing left? Oh, and we forgot about attorney fees. They are getting paid, too, sure. along the way. Um, <laughs> so, you know, what if they get eat up first and there's insufficient funds? Who gets paid? How does that work? Well, the case typically goes back before the judge to reconcile those issues, and they could hang it up for even a longer period of time. That sounds fun, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet if you're sitting here and you're named as an executor or administrator on an estate, you're thinking, oh, my gosh, how do I, what, how do, what, what? I mean, this is crazy. People are making, they're making phone calls right now. Please take me off as your executor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I want you to think about the people that you're naming. You know, a lot of times what we do is we have an administrator, an administrative executor for anybody that has businesses, big time, big real estate you know, big ranches, farms, you get an administrative executor to do all of this. Now, there's someone in the family that's usually directing traffic, but they're not doing this heavy lifting. The family's paying someone to do it because it's just too much. And especially when you add grief to it, you add, I mean, and imagine this, okay, imagine that you're 
through this process part way, and you're getting phone calls every day by a family member. Where's my money? Right. Woo! And that's it, a lot of pressure. It's a family member, and it, and it can cause problems within family members. That's right. That's right. So we've always texted about Texas being a friendly place to die. We said that so many times on the show. And in Texas, this process could take as little as four months. Now, if you've got more success, then it could be more, or insufficient funds, then it could be more, or there's a lot of things. But, I mean, if it's just simple, it could be as little as, simple, I'm talking simple, could be as little as four months. However, it could take as many as eight or nine months on a minimum in other states. And don't forget about property you own in other states. That property is subject to their probate laws, not Texas probate law. So the bottom line is, yuck. <laughs> really, who wants to endure that pain, you know, especially when you're, you know, it's a time that family should be focused on family. And no wonder family members begin to squabble. Right. There's a lot to squabble over besides just the money. So when we come back right here on Life Planning 101, we're going to talk about how can you avoid all this all together. Doesn't that sound like a breath of fresh air? You don't want to miss it right here on Life Planning 101. Final segment, Life Planning 101. Angela has all kinds of probate information. Angela? Yes. What is probate? And is it possible to avoid it altogether? So if you've missed the last two segments of the show, we've talked about nightmares, really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think of it kind of like a, a poor cat getting slammed on a screen door. Now, that's what probably you feel like if you're on an estate. You're just, you know, pulling your hair out, trying to hang on for dear life and don't know how to do it. And it's extremely difficult. It's an extremely cumbersome process. And it can take a long time, as we've learned. But, you know, one, one estate we mentioned was 80 years just for a house hmm. to probate. So is it possible to avoid probate altogether? And the short answer is yes. We mentioned this at the very beginning of the show. You know, we go through our legacy planning process, and one thing that we usually encourage is for people to do what we call pre-probate. Why not, if you're going to get your estate done today, and you're going to be halfway there anyway for what it would take to, to go through that process, to go ahead and finish it out. So when you pass, you don't leave your family a mess. You don't leave them all these challenges and stresses, and you take care of it for them. What a gift. What an amazing gift. Think about that. It really is. So you can do it. And, you know, it really, unless your estate is very, 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 very small, it takes a little work and a little planning, and you're there. And, you know, sometimes it's as simple, literally, as retitling a couple of assets and making sure your beneficiary designations are named right. And that's it. That's it to avoid probate. Can you believe that? Sounds easy enough to me. That's easy enough, yes. So sometimes it's as simple as that. Sometimes it requires reworking your legal documents. And what I mean by that is 
rather than just having a simple will that names everything and creates the trust and does all this stuff, that all this goes through your will and it's all through probate, your will says, hey, whatever I forgot, put over into this trust. And your trust does all that naming and doing. And you title everything over to that trust, and those assets don't go through probate. Right. Guess what else is the benefit to that? We talked about this briefly. It's private. It's private. This is huge. A lot of people don't want to do certain things because they're scared of family dynamics, blow-ups, problems, issues. And fair doesn't always mean equal, yet they feel like they're forced to do equal. Guess what a trust does? It allows you to be fair. But not be equal. Yeah, in a way that you think that you need to be fair. That's big. That's really big. So you're accomplishing way more than just the pre-probate. You're accomplishing privacy. You're accomplishing being able to do what you want to do. I was literally on a phone call last week with a lady, and it took almost the entire call for her to realize, oh, my gosh, I have choices. I can do this. It's not what other people are telling me to do. I can figure out what is important to me. And that is true. You don't have to comply with a certain guideline. You can get to decide what's important to you. So sometimes it does create reworking those legal documents. And a lot of people ask, well, what's the cost in doing that? I promise you this, whatever the cost in doing it is, is going to be pennies compared to the probate cost. Think about it that way. So sometimes, though, it does require more. Still, nonetheless, it's still going to be less expensive than what it would be to go through probate. And did I mention less stressful? (laughs) I don't think you did, but I could see it. uh, It was was very obvious. This this sounds like a much better plan to me. Yeah, it does. It does. You know what I mean? And, again, it's all about this is a gift. It's kind of like when you buy life insurance. Do you buy life insurance for you or do you buy it because you love someone? Because you love someone. Because you love someone. Same thing here. And whether it be your spouse, whether it be your children, whether it be something altogether different. I read a story about a a celebrity, a state the other day, that the attorney fees and the probate costs were just eating it up entirely. And this is a gentleman that had a real big heart for charity, and charity didn't get anything because he didn't have an estate plan. Wow. So... We always talk about keeping good Christmases and Thanksgiving. My question to you is, do you want to plan now, or do you want your family to pay later? Rather take care of it now. Yeah, that's right. So put it on your priority list. You're at home. You're COVIDing. Let's get it done. 2020, we can still have good vision. That's right. Right here on Life Planning 101. Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed week, and join us next week. You don't want to miss it. We're going to have a great show. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, Kennedy Financial Services and 
Incorporated is an independent, occult and associates incorporated and smart money group LLC.